Welcome to Yeah The Gals podcast, where I, Loz McGlynn, chat with epic everyday women who have paved their way to success in their space. We hope you feel inspired, motivated, and ready to listen to some honest and open conversations. Because gals, you bloody got these. It was through connection and a chance meeting that the lovely Mandy Millen and I ended up sitting in the studio with a cup of tea to chat about her career and how she got to being a successful small business mentor right here on the Central Coast. Connection is a very fitting word as it was one that came up a lot in our chat and something that Mandy does incredibly well through connecting her clients to their customers and then her clients to each other. Born in the UK, Mandy was surrounded by entrepreneurs from a young age as both her parents and her brothers ran their own small businesses, always with an open mind. From living in America, completing a bachelor in marketing, working in big corporate roles and running side hustles in Australia at 19, to then heading back to the UK, Mandy always felt connected to both entrepreneurship with mindfulness and well-being kept at the forefront of what she believes makes a successful business no matter the size. Meeting her now husband, Scott, a business owner himself, they decided to move back to Australia together where the business ventures and big corporate roles would continue for Mandy and her focus on wellness and connection would play a big part in what led her to where she is today. Entering the season of motherhood and a sea change from Sydney to the coast, Mandy naturally moved into a consultancy space for small business owners that would evolve into facilitating events, private mentoring and the creation of her REACH membership with the aim to help support Central Coast business owners through increasing their REACH, connection and clients. There are two things that she is fiercely driven by, achieving results as well as her passion in the wellbeing space and after chatting with Mandy, it is safe to say that she does that incredibly well. Hello, Mandy. Hello there, Lauren. How are you over there? I am fantastic, thank you, love. How are you? I am so good. I've got my tea that you brought in, which is so lovely. Very thank British. You. Very British. Very British. I've started drinking tea, but I'm such a coffee person. But tea makes you feel good on the inside. It like, does. It does. It does. And it's herbal tea's a bit more calming. It is. Yeah. What was the... I didn't even read the flavour. This is a ginger tea. Yeah, lovely. Lemon, ginger and honey, to be precise. Stunning. No, it's beautiful. Thank you. That was very kind. Yeah. Welcome to Yeah, the Gals. Thank you. It's very exciting to yeah. be here. <laughs> you and I just connected, I feel. We were at a networking event for a business that you're actually a brand ambassador for, Coworks. That's right. And I think we just randomly got introduced and then I don't know if I it was just me but when we were chatting I was like I just felt a bit of a connection with you and I was like love what you do do you want to come and chat on the potty yeah it felt very natural and aligned yeah Yeah, and here we are here we are love thank you so much for inviting me of course no thank you and we were chatting before this and I obviously know bits of what you do but I really look forward to deep diving into it a little bit more and how you got here so we've got a bunch of questions which we'll go through and I'm going to kick off with the first one which is one that I ask everybody that comes on and that is who is Mandy Millen and tell me what do you do 
Big question. This is a big question. I am a proud mother of two. I have two beautiful young children. Albie is seven and Stella is two. And a wife as well to my husband, Scott. And for work, I am a small business mentor. So I help small business owners connect with their customers, their story, and the local business community to really help them grow and thrive. Yeah, beautiful. Well said. And obviously that's not something that just happens. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to doing what you do today. Like where did it all start? Yeah, thank you. I just want to pull back to what you were saying is that didn't just happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like this has been a massive process in my life. 44 years of my life really coming together to get to this point. Mm. And background on my story is just to kind of bring it all back for you. And I hope you've got your cup of tea. It's story time, love. Story time. Um, Nestle in. (laughs) I'm ready. Um, I would say to a lot of people that entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Mm. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So my mum was a florist. She had it for 12 years. You know, I was in there working on Saturday since I was 12 my dad and my three older brothers all had a tire fitting shop and mechanics, which I was involved in. My dad then got into his passion, which was golf, and set up a golf magazine locally wow. in our community in the UK. So I was always packing magazines, part of that world. He then went on to, uh, we lived in America. They set up an English China business selling China sets. And yeah, just being part of that family really set me off. That was my real experience into being in business. From there, I graduated from a business school in London. My degree was in international marketing and branding. And that's where I got really interested with branding. That was my thesis was in that. And from there, I did that classic thing where we go backpacking to university I travelled around and I fell in love with Australia. So I I landed in Sydney and fell in love with it and got my first proper job, I would say. How old were you? I was 19. Yeah, wow. Yeah, 19. Loved Australia, the beaches, the sunshine, the lifestyle and started working for a big corporate in marketing. Wow. And with the backpacking, so like for us, I've obviously growing up in Australia. And when I got to, I think I was 21, it was a big tick off your life list was to go backpacking around Europe. So for you coming from the UK, was it the opposite? Was it like a big ticket to come to Australia or it was just the country you decided to explore? I think it was the big one on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the opposite. I'd done a lot of Europe. I'd, I'd lived in America when I was younger. And it was, yeah, just a world full of adventure and the great outdoors, Mm. which nature's a massive part of my life. So it was a real draw card. And I think it was after uni was kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm ready for the real world. What can I do? So it was that adventure. That little gap year sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And then going into the big corporate world and working in marketing was uh, interesting. I would say challenging for me now looking back because really my drive has always been to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so even working um, in that big corporate, I was actually still tapping into that. I had side hustles that I would do and I was working on weekends. So I was working in a nightclub. I was working on the door. I started running my own nightclub night in Sydney whilst I was in this big corporate environment in the day. 
Wow. Um, so do you like, think that that, like, that motivation and that sort of work ethic or mindset came from seeing how open-minded your parents and your brothers were? Because from what you were saying, nothing was off the table. It wasn't like they stayed in the same industry being entrepreneurs. They actually went into different kinds of businesses. So do you feel like that was almost ingrained in you to go, I can do anything that I want to do? A hundred percent, actually. That's, you know, something I think I'm so grateful for is being taught that, Mm. was that you can actually... You put your mind to it, you can do anything. They taught me that. And it wasn't easy. I saw the highs and the lows as entrepreneurs. The stress, the challenge, the hard work, the graft, having to show up all the time. You representing your business. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. But then I saw the freedom that came with it. And then those gifts and those messages that came through as well. Yeah. And I love the term entrepreneur because I think some people think of entrepreneur as somebody that has millions of dollars in their bank account and they're just living the high life. In your experience, in your perspective, how would you define what an entrepreneur is? I would say an entrepreneur is somebody that is open to really expressing themselves and following their passion into whatever form of business it is. Great answer. I think that's really nice because sometimes people not pigeonhole themselves, but you know, someone starting a business, they go, oh, I'm just a small business owner, or I just am starting a little hustle on the side. And they don't give themselves enough credit and empower themselves to go, I am an entrepreneur that's going after something that like sparks joy or fills my cup. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I love that. And so where did you go from there? So from the big corporate and having the side hustles on the side, I opened up my and set up my first business at 19 whilst I was working in a corporate. Yeah. And I did that with my friend from uni that we traveled with and we set up an entertainment website, which was pre-Google, which was about finding the right places to go in Sydney. How cool. So what you, can I ask what year this was? Oh, I can't remember. In the early 2000s. Yes. Yeah. Early 2000s. Wow. That's very forward thinking. Yes. How did it go? Yeah, it was great. It was a challenge looking back. I think, wow, there were so many mistakes. But that's the growth, right? Is actually understanding like we weren't really working on the business. We were so in the business and juggling the full-time work that there were so many areas that slipped But we still created a great website. People were using it. We got sponsors. We ended up selling it for a good profit. So it was a really good entry point for me into my first business. Yeah. To just go do it, have an idea, learn and grow. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. So then what happened? So then I... I kept working for a big corporate and worked hard to become an Australian citizen And then I wanted to go back to the UK to see my family. I thought it was time to go back and actually spend some quality time with my family. So I went back to the UK and I landed a job as a sales manager for a big business there. I was running a sales team and I just got to a point where I felt like I was burning out. And I think my soul was also just not connected Mm. to what I wanted to do. Mentally, I was checking out and Mm. I wasn't there. My well-being definitely took a hit. I was also in pain from my back from long demanding office hours. So I just wanted a real career change. And I decided to study a passion of mine at the time, which was Pilates. 
I just need a complete career change and need to be in well-being. So whilst I was running the sales teams in the day, I was studying to be a Pilates teacher at night and learning and growing and then going into the city and training at the weekends. And then I became a certified Pilates teacher. I quit my job and I set up my own Pilates practice. Wow. Like a studio and yep. the whole thing. Yeah. I was actually renting rooms from different studios and cool. building a business and a brand. And it went really well. I absolutely loved it. And at the same time, I met my husband, um, who's from the same area as me in the UK, which is really strange. And then I said to him, I have an Australian passport. I'd love to go back there. Had he been to Australia before? He had. He travelled there before all around and loved it. He's a tradesman. He's got his own business as well. But he also loves the outdoors. So it wasn't much of a sales pitch. Yeah. He was in. Yeah. yeah. All in. Let's all in. do it. Let's do it. So we got married and came back. And when I came back to Australia, I had my Pilates practice still. So I'd sold it in the UK, the business in the UK. And then I opened it up. When I came back to Sydney, we emigrated to a different part of Sydney that I hadn't lived in before. I set up that business again. That was wonderful. I really enjoyed that environment and being around people and supporting people and, yeah, lifting their health. What drew you back to Australia? Is it hard to leave? Like you've got your family and making that decision to come back here. Did you guys always know that it was going to be long term or you were like, let's just go and see where it takes us? Yeah, I was really open-minded. I was just trusting mm. always what would come up for me and yeah. then I would move. I've always been good at with listening to my intuition. Yeah. And yeah, it just came to a point where I found myself always wanting to be outside in the UK. So with the winter, I really struggled yeah. with going back to those long, dark evenings. But definitely... It was for the lifestyle and there's just something special over here, like energetically that I connected with. And yeah, I just, I missed it here. But to leave my family and my dear friends and to emigrate and same with my husband, it was really challenging, way more than we thought. And we didn't have big jobs to come back to. We're both entrepreneurs. So we yeah. were coming to set up our businesses. Yeah. So we were coming over to do that again and restart. But again, it's just provided me with that mindset of that you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, you make that decision then. You can always go home sort of thing. Exactly. So. I do have moments where I go, oh, maybe we could move back. It is always a mental challenge. For now and where I'm at, I absolutely love the lifestyle here. The Pilates then, just to move on with it, what happened, I decided to combine my two worlds. I decided to set up another business which was a corporate well-being business, which yeah. is bringing the corporate and the well-being together. Yeah. And how long ago was this? That was eight years ago. Okay. It's boomed, I think, like post-COVID, that whole mindfulness, wellness, the, the work-life balance. A lot of businesses have really come to the table. Eight years doesn't sound that long ago, but that would have been quite, not unheard of, but not a lot of businesses that did something like that would you say or yeah you did have to work harder to find the right decision makers that were valuing that in their yeah. business it was definitely still seen I think back then as something fluffy well-being yeah and now there's a lot more value on it because yeah. also they know if people are burning out they have to have something in place it was definitely an interesting road but I love that I was running that business I built that from scratch for six years and I placed facilitators all over Australasia for various businesses. 
So mindfulness, meditation, Pilates, yoga, you name it, in well-being, I would place them into programs. Yeah, amazing. So you were working with multiple corporations and yes. businesses? Yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah, And working really closely with their leaders who really valued well-being. The efforts was to find those people. Yeah, and okay. And with them. So connection, relationship, that sort of stuff really Definitely. becomes important. Definitely. And seeing the results was the key for me. Just seeing the difference in those teams and how they would connect and how that would improve their work-life balance. What was some of the feedback that you got from those businesses when you saw it evolve and people really tap into that and really jump on board with the idea of the wellness? The rewards were the comments on how teams would interact so it was that sense of belonging yeah and how people would be more present with each other how they had the tools to then be able to switch off and reduce stress and be together more presently yeah so you just knew that you were making an impact on people's lives how rewarding yeah it really was yeah that's awesome yeah and then where did you go from there so from there I had my first child, I had Albie, and things started to slow down naturally for me. I started to take my foot off the gas with the business, but I naturally started falling into consulting to smaller businesses because people knew my background in branding and marketing and my passion for well-being and wanted my advice. Mm -hmm. So I started to fall into that space of guiding people yeah. whilst supporting my son and becoming a first-time mum. That's so, a whole other world. Which is definitely a whole other mm. world, a wonderful world, but definitely challenging. And were you living in Sydney still at this point or had you moved to the Central Coast? I had just moved to the Central Coast. What was the decision behind the sea change? The sea change was lifestyle yeah. again. So it was lifestyle from England and London to Sydney and then Sydney to Central Coast because... My husband and I are real keen beach people and we just got sick of the traffic and queuing up for parking and we just wanted that cruisiness and yeah. laid back style and that connection as we were talking yeah. about earlier like with community. Yeah. I feel that a lot more. You absolutely do. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So we did a recce and just fell in love with the place that really changed things. Something like listening to you speak and it sounds like your husband as well just always have an open mind. Nothing is a closed door. You just see where it takes you. And obviously that then correlates into the success of what you do today. But that's like really nice to hear. And even just the calmness of you in this studio. <laughs> You're so just like connected, which is really nice. Some people have such a fear of failure, a fear of doing something and that it won't work out. But like from what you're saying, it's, but what if it does? And it does. So it's really cool to hear you naturally evolve your oh, way off the coastline. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's right. What you're picking up on is the more I've done this and anyone who's listening, who's saying, oh, I don't know if I could do that or that's way too challenging is it's just habits, isn't it? It's practice. I've pushed myself so much in my life that now I can trust a lot of the time my decisions and what I've been through. Yeah. And I've learned to listen to my own intuition with a lot of it. There's been lots of bumps. Yeah, lots of real challenges, but I've overcome them and here I am today. And yeah. it's been worth it. it 100% has been worth yeah. it. Every challenge, yeah. Yeah, how good. Yeah. And so when you moved to the coast, you said you were doing some more consultancy stuff. Is that where you saw the potential of 
connecting with more and more smaller businesses? Is this how you've got to where you are now? 100%. Yeah. yeah. It happened very organically. After that time, when I just started to consult, I was actually headhunted by Sumo Salad and they picked up on what I was doing with events and in the wellbeing space and I became their brand manager and ran their national campaigns. That was a really great, fun, interesting job, challenging again. From there, I went into another marketing role for an interior design business. There were the bigger businesses, which I learned so much from. The structures, the systems, the communication, the programs, the way you run things. But my heart was always in small business. And the more I was consulting with people, I'm just so interested to hear always, if I hear from someone in their businesses, how did you get into that? What are you passionate about? How did you follow that road? That was what used to really light me up. So I naturally fell into it. I really did. I knew from listening to myself that the key thing, as I said, that lights me up is when I get to help people and I'd walk away from having that motivation and shifting their mindset and encouraging them that was when I was lit up and I was like yeah. I have to listen to that voice and that is when I pretty much just decided to not be behind a business with a logo and to not work directly for big businesses stay in contact with them but my main focus was to be a guide and to channel all my experience and my energy into entrepreneurs and help them and that's what happened that's where I am today that was just a long story. What you said. no that was great <laughs> I was here for it I had my tea it was excellent <laughs> it's important to know how you got to to where you are as you said at the start it's not something that happens overnight quite often people don't wake up and go I want to do this when I grow up a lot of stories there's so many changes along the way and it's that openness because you just never know where something would take you like even me I've bounced between media and pharmaceuticals and I've left in this business twice and I've left that pharmaceutical company twice never thinking I would be back to work for those companies then I I did then that just projected me into my next role it's not linear it changes and evolves so it's important to know these things yeah definitely and I think even just following up on that love like for us speaking now as mums I mentioned my son but I left out my daughter (laughs) having children as well and entrepreneurs who are out there who are looking to build their business it's important as mums that we have that financial support we have that regularity it can be difficult to then go and create a business when you're also supporting a young human there's a lot of energy that goes into it it's a hard balance and that's where a lot of my work was it was actually having the stability sometimes when I was nurturing my children to have those businesses behind me, then as, as my children have got a little bit older, is to then be able to really express ourselves creatively. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess working for big business, you have that stability, as you said, but then you maybe weren't seeing the rewards in terms of the people as closely as you maybe would working with a small business because you providing that support for somebody that's an entrepreneur or a startup, you're there with them holding their hand the whole way through. But then big business, there's thousands of hands that you can hold. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, I would. I mean, it can depend on the business, right? Like in terms of sizing where you're at, but you can definitely feel that you are a clog in the wheel, perhaps. Whereas 
where I'm at now, I can feel like I'm making a massive impact. It's not to say, though, working in big businesses, you can be a champion for areas and really champion ideas and values and feel that reward as well. Yeah. I'm not discounting that. But for me personally, I definitely get an absolute kick out of supporting small business owners. Yeah. That's definitely my jam. When you started, like how many businesses did you start working with and how did you do that? Was it just through connection and word of mouth? How did that work? Well, I would say that it really kicked off when, I don't know why this comes up, but I was finishing off breastfeeding with my daughter at around seven months and I set up a women in business networking event on the coast. Co-facilitated it and organised it with a friend at the time. That really built my inspiration for the connection side again mm -hmm. and the networking side. And then I just gradually started to put the word out. Obviously, I'd had quite a full career with lots of people that I'd touched on. People just started to find me and they saw my experience, which is extensive in marketing and branding and selling, but then discovered the sort of person I am who's very heart-centered as well. And then it just grew. Yeah, yeah, it just grew naturally. Even with some of my own networking events, when I did them on my own, I started off with sometimes five to 10 people coming. And my last one, I had 45 people wow. on the Central Coast coming. So yeah, it's been fantastic. And, and building a community for small businesses to work together is 100% my purpose and where it lies and building that connection. Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess you start a business and you know that there are so many other small businesses around you, but it can feel quite isolating. So for you to be able to connect like-minded people together and facilitate that must feel really rewarding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's not only you know, good business, like even with the big businesses that I work with, a massive part of your marketing strategy should always be partnerships and collaboration. Mm. I saw that time and time again for every business I work with. There's so many opportunities, yeah. collaboration. So there's the business side, but then there's also a huge part of it is the well-being side. So the connection is that sense of belonging. My weekly calls with my community, like everyone sharing their struggles and their wins and actually going, oh, I'm not alone. I feel that in my business. I get that. Oh, it's not just me. To know that you have someone supporting you and then everyone around you feeling the same and getting behind you and what you're doing is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it makes you feel like you can do anything. We're probably similar in the sense, but do it differently. This was the whole reason for me starting the podcast was to make, more broadly speaking, make women feel less alone in many parts of their life. It is so comforting just for someone to say me too. So how beautiful that you can actually do that and watch that sort yeah. of unfold in front of you and grow. Yeah, You've gone yeah. from five to 45 people coming to these events. So you're obviously filling a need that people want in that space, which is amazing. From like a practical perspective, I might just ask, you talk a lot and I really want to ask you a bit around the mindfulness and wellness. And I've got my mum in the back of my head who is a small business owner. So I've got a question. Yeah. But from the, like the strategy branding side of things with businesses, what does that process look like? If somebody comes to you and says, I need your help, does it depend who they are, what they do and what they need? Or do you have a similar approach with those businesses? I would say it's a similar approach with every business because mm -hmm. people ask me this all the time. Oh, do you work with certain types of businesses? But it's a formula, which is an internal formula that 
I've worked with for such a long time, particularly with branding and how it rolls out. And that is really to unpack their why and their story and to really get behind that, to understand why they started it and how they started it and actually showing them the power of that. Yeah. Because more than ever, people want to connect with people. People feel that it's more about putting out imagery of their products and services where really it's about who is behind the brand. Who is that? Yeah. So that is really an initial starting point for me. Then it's really about unpacking who their core customer is. That is definitely something that I've worked on for many, many years. I can put myself instantly into a customer's head when I find out whatever business I'm working with, I can instantly do that. But I think what happens with small business owners is they're always putting content out there or spending so much energy on on putting out what they think people want or what the product or service is about rather than actually connecting with themselves and their story because who they are can then correlate like who they are is a part of what they do so what lights them up would then naturally light up other people if they do it in the right way if they do it in the right way but they also connect with their customers yes because if they haven't connected with who their customer is like where they frequent what are their behaviors and what's their pain point then they're never going to connect the dots because they think oh I can just talk about myself but the art and the craft is really, well, how do we connect that to what the customer really needs and what's their pain point? How do you connect to them? Yeah. That's the fine art of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. And it's not as easy as people think. It sounds very easy for you. You are just like, I get it. For a business that's thinking about so much, like they're not just thinking about the product and service, they're thinking about their financials and that they can afford it, that they are marketing. It can be quite overwhelming, right? A hundred percent. It can be so overwhelming. And this is where I say to small business owners all the time, and I can feel that and their energy is to pause and say, stop giving yourself a hard time about this because this isn't your expertise. I've worked in marketing for nearly 20 years. It's an expertise. I've trained in it. I've studied it. I've worked in it with big business. I don't come to you as a chiropractor and expect to know about my knee placement and adjustments or what have you. That's your expertise. I don't give myself a hard time that I don't know that. So don't give yourself a hard time. That's what I'm here for. Don't waste time putting out energy and content all the time. It has to be a commercial opportunity for you. You have to make money for yourself, for your family. So how do you connect the dots and make it really land with your customers? How do you give value So they really take it on and build trust. That's what branding is really about, is shining your personality so people trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And you can say that in all walks of life. Yeah. Like that trust connection, we've said that a lot, but it is true. Yeah. You've touched on it a little bit, but what are some of the challenges or things that you see when you meet with small businesses? There's so many. Yeah. (laughs) How long is a piece of string? All right, let me try and pick out the key ones. It isn't about me changing. It's almost, I feel like for me guiding them, it's for me to mirror what's going on for them and reflect so they can understand and also to offer guidance and from my expertise and support. But a big one would be time because, as we said, with big business, you're there and you can clock off and you're done. Whereas small business, it's it can be 24-7. Yeah. So it's about supporting them to really value their boundaries 
and to schedule in time for their self-care yeah. and give them guidance on where to outsource. And yeah. so I have a collective of really great businesses that I work with who are actually a lot more reasonable than people expect. And so I can give people options on where they can outsource so they work towards their strengths in their business. Then they can actually release some of those areas that they're not fond of, like those that are allergic to numbers or don't like creating content or what have you. list goes on. Another big one is for me to really help build their brand and look at all of the marketing opportunities, particularly on the Central Coast. There's so many opportunities naturally, like organic marketing without big paid ads. People can leverage off local businesses but again it's the craft of connecting so it's it's taking a step back I help them to really look at that and also give them the guidance on sharing their story and how important that is for people to connect with that yeah um, and also the community element is connecting them with the community so at the moment I have 25 small businesses that I work with in my reach community everyone works together everyone's supporting each other everyone's cross-referring each other I think the last major part, which is a big part, is mindset and me helping a lot of entrepreneurs feel confident to actually go do it in terms of strategy, knock on doors. And put themselves out there. Put themselves out there and believe in themselves. Yeah. When I have discussions with them, I can hear their limiting beliefs or that they're so scared of the fear and rejection. And so it's actually about placing it in their minds that they embracing the fear yeah because it's a courageous job right being an entrepreneur yeah and in life like it is scary putting yourself out there I could rattle off so many examples in everyday life where you have such a fear of even just introducing yourself to somebody that you haven't met before and go oh what if I come across the wrong way we do that A lot. I think that is such an important point. I think one thing, a couple of things that really stood out was talking around time. So I will use my mum as an example who she started an online business in COVID. Oh, yeah. I remember you saying this when we met. Yeah. And not expecting much, but it was a hobby more than anything. And it absolutely has taken off. And something that was meant to be a hobby is now something that she lives and breathes 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She's at a point now where she's so busy that the things that she used to make time for, she doesn't have time for anymore and she's trying to find that balance. When you've got someone that has a need to be within the business, she doesn't want to get somebody else in because it's not quite big enough and she's also scared of losing that personalisation, but you know that self-care and mindfulness is so important. What would you say to somebody like that? Where would you start? I would say that I understand how protective they are of their business that Mm. they've worked so hard for to build that it is very difficult and I completely understand to then step back and allow someone else to come in Mm. and help them. But my job a lot of the time is to talk that through because there's so many options in terms of systemization or outsourcing. Yeah, And I'm sure there's areas that your mum doesn't love And she could easily have some of that lifted off her plate for a cost, like more reasonable than she would expect. Yeah. People always think, oh, that's going to cost too much. There's so many options and particularly with systems as well that are out there today that can take the load off. When I look into some of the admin that's going on in some businesses and even the procedures of invoicing and chasing up and back and forward and it's crazy. Yeah. That all adds up 
in terms of your time. Would you say it's a little bit different for everyone? Because obviously everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. And business structures are completely different. Yeah. Yeah, different industries and stuff as Products, well. Products, services, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, and your marketing channels and where you're getting leads. It's all different. Yeah. But same principles. And then it's also then getting into the mindset with your mum and getting her to be strict on scheduling in self-care. Yeah. And actually asking her, rather than saying, oh, this is a great thing to do, actually her checking in on how she feels mm. after doing it for a couple of weeks, three to four weeks. And noticing the difference she will be, not only in herself, with her family, but also in her business. Just from actually scheduling it in and being strict on her boundaries, yeah, she will notice such a big shift. I think what can happen with businesses, not that I own one myself, but there's a fear if you don't, if you switch off, then you're letting someone down. You're letting your customers down. You want to be available. You want to be efficient. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think everyone thinks that they're in that. They feel they need to push all the time. But actually, it's a really great saying when I first started meditation was the art of slowing down to speed up. And that's always stuck with me. Taking that time to slow down is going to enable you to do that. And if you're not present with your customers and people around you, you're losing out on life. There's no space for creativity. There's no space for connecting with people and actually listening to what's going on. So it's way more than being fluffy to schedule in self-care. Yeah, I completely agree. And on that mindfulness piece and the self-care, if you were to go into a business and they're not making time for themselves, what are some of the things that you might introduce to that person or that business to help them connect into that? I always suggest that people take on a morning practice perhaps before they get into the doing mode in life is to actually be in the being mode. A lot of people have taken it on and have found it really beneficial. I set my alarm and have that as a discipline before my children wake up, which is a stretch, breathing exercises and meditation. So not only does it allow me to really connect with myself, but also just really sets me up for the day of doing and actually using meditation which again is termed really fluffy and we always imagine someone sitting on a rock in lotus position is a free tool that helps us to recharge our brain so we have so many tabs open and particularly when we're running our business we've got all of these hats that we're wearing and then we have families and we have all these notifications and apps it's overwhelming and it's really detrimental to our mental health and to use meditation And just to start a small practice, even if it's five, ten minutes a day, to just allow our brains to stop, Mm. yeah, to recharge. Seinfeld, the comedian, he's a big meditator, and I really love what he termed, which was thinking of meditation as a charger for the brain, is just to allow that. Yeah. And And to to use that. And quite often when people do those sorts of practices, and that can look so different to everybody, like my brother is – an avid journaler like he will always journal Mm. his day and he likes to write it down whereas I have an app and I type it because that's just how I work but it really it actually makes me become more productive because I feel like I recharge but I get everything off my brain and then I'm more clear-minded for the rest of the day and I notice when I don't do it yes yeah and that's the key is to feel and to check in on the awareness of how it makes you feel. Yeah. And like you say, there's different modalities that work for different people. Mm. That's just something I get people to take on just to think about. Yeah. You know, I was I was delivering a workshop on selling the other day to my community. And even from a sales perspective, one of the most powerful tools that I learned was to deeply listen 
and to be quiet and hear what the other person is saying, to be able to sell to them, to listen and understand and market to your customers, to listen to what's going on. That's so true. It's something I've learned in my sales experience as well, which it's funny. I don't like saying sales because I don't want to be seen like a sales. Yeah. (laughs) Traveling sales. Yeah. (laughs) With the suitcase. And, but that's one thing I love talking and I talk to fill space to make people feel comfortable. But my manager said to me, she was like, it should be 70% listening and 30% talking. And even though you're doing it with purpose because you want to make someone feel comfortable, you're actually losing out on that total engagement with the person that's sitting in front of you. So it's so true. No, I really agree. And it helps with our attention span. Our Mm. attention span is with everything going on, it's getting smaller and smaller. So it's helping you to build that and that's going to make you way more productive Mm. in your business. Like you are your business, so you need to look after yourself. Those mindfulness tips are just elements that I give to people. It's the business background, but I do offer that in terms of if I feel that my clients and my community are overwhelmed, is just to to offer those self-care practices. You obviously support so many people through the service and the connection that you offer through your business, but who is your support network? My support network is my husband. Yeah. (laughs) He is my mentor, which we always laugh about. My husband and I have some really great close friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you take the weight of the businesses you support? Do you take that weight of their business or do you have a way that you can ensure that you have your own boundaries when it comes to that sort of stuff? Because it sounds like your passion comes from helping and supporting. It could be very easy to give too much of yourself, would you say? Yeah, I've definitely grappled with that from the beginning and I'm getting better and better at that. Again, going back to what we're saying with your mum is even for me is protecting my energy. And so I'm in tune with where I'm at, my energy levels throughout the day. So I have certain calls with my private mental clients in the mornings because I'm way more creative and have more energy. And then afternoons, I might have more workshops or I'm more admin orientated. So I structure my day. And then I also definitely have strict boundaries with clients and certain times that they can speak to me or reach out to me. Yeah. Certain times when it's family time and keeping that separate. Yeah. Because I do naturally want to give as much as I can. And I always will. That's never going to stop. Yeah. It's who um, you are. That's who I am. And I'm so determined to help people succeed and grow. And I guess you've got to practice what you preach, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you're showcasing that, then it's showing the businesses you work with that they can absolutely do that as well. Must yeah. be tough. Yeah, it is. It's definitely something I grapple with. Everything's a work in progress. What would you say have been some of your key achievements that can be throughout your entire career or as the business that you run now? What are some of the things that you have loved? When I thought about this question instantly, and I have to say is biggest achievements would definitely be my children mm. so proud of them yeah so proud of them I love that I have to give them a mention even my son he's seven and I've worked really hard with my husband to talk to him and explain things to him and parent him that way and he's been winning lots of awards for kindness recently at school and it's just really yeah just find it I'm so proud. That's a big achievement. For me. I have a random question, but it's <laughs> I've something just gone that totally off the no, I, I actually, have got lots that I'm super proud of. No, with I, my business work as well. I actually love that you say that because I think it is such an important part 
of our lives. It's an important part of my life. I was talking to my husband the other day and I said to him, before we had Ellie, did you have an idea the type of parent that you wanted to be or how you wanted to parent her and has that changed? And it's funny, my perception of what I thought I would be as a mum is so different. I always thought I'd be quite structured and I would want to teach her things. I don't I, I don't know how to explain it, but I I feel so strongly about her just feeling loved, being a good person, mm. and that will translate into whatever she wants to do in her life. And it's funny hearing you say that. I'm like, yes, like the that. awards for kindness and that sort of stuff, like that just would make me so proud mm. versus whether she became first on her maths test. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because if he, as I say to him, if you can follow that rule in life and be kind, you're always winning. Yeah, I love that, what you shared, love. Thank you. I think that's mm. key. I really think love and support and a lot of affection and really he's seven, he's a bit older than your daughter. With my son, it's very, it's getting on his level. We talk to him a lot. Yeah. So it's getting on his level and explaining rather than finding parenting too hard and disciplining him. We really explain things to him. I yeah. think that's been a big part. And so it feels rewarding because it's paying off. I feel even with my son is um, is that, you know, with masculine energy, I think like culturally it's been don't cry, like, don't you're a big boy. And actually allowing him to express his emotions and telling him to go through it has really helped him. And this actually links in with my achievements, I think. This feeds into it is a big achievement for me is building these events and actually allowing people to be really vulnerable and really connecting at a deeper level because I've had people so emotional and hugging me and, and really grateful for me doing this work and facilitating this space. That's for me is a massive achievement. Is Yes, it's the business guidance. Yes, it's being able to see opportunities and helping them grow in their business, but being able to support at that level where people can really connect, share their real stories and their vulnerabilities and their struggles, that's the achievement. Love that. Thank that was you. very well answered. Thank you. I had to close my eyes. I really got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. Into yeah. No, thank you. It ties in with everything that you've been saying, really, is that ability to facilitate the connection with people and their customers, but people and other business owners, which I really love. Yeah, so great answer. You. Thank you. That probably then ties into the question I had here, which is what is something that you're super proud of? But do you have anything else that you want to add? I am locally, actually, finalist for two empowerment awards coming up, which I'm very proud of. How good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm finalist for those, which is great. I'm really proud of the businesses that I support and for them to have the courage to take on my guidance and to really share their gifts with the local community. And I'm really proud of them. Yeah, that's really cool. I ask everybody that comes on this podcast, I ask it because I like hearing people's interpretations because it's quite a broad question, but what does success look like to you? I love that question. I ask people this all the time when they come into my world as well. I'm going to answer this from the other morning. I was thinking about this because I'm a big hippie at heart, if you didn't know that already. And you give off a good energy. That's all I'll you, say. Thank yeah. you. I was manifesting for the new Leo moon. If you knew that was a really powerful one that just came up. I woke up in the morning and it was during my meditation and I was thinking, manifestation, what's coming through? 
it was all of these words with Fs that came through. And it really relates to what I think success is. And that is freedom to really be who I am authentically and to be myself in my life. Freedom to travel and explore in nature with my family. Freedom for flow was the other word, to be in flow. And that flow is with my masculine and feminine energy. When I can really tap into my feminine energy, mm. which has been challenging, definitely, real magic happens. So success is when I can tap into both of those. And the other one is, or the other two, is flexibility, which is the flexibility for me to work yeah. as, I, as I choose to. That's success for me and setting my own boundaries and parameters. And fun yeah. is success for me. If I'm having fun and I can incorporate play into my life where I'm surfing or I'm out in nature, I'm at dance parties, whatever lights my fire, and I can still incorporate that, then that is success. That is, if I had a gavel, I would hammer that down. <laughs> Well, I love you. that you've just taken that letter and just been able to say that's really cool. It was the Fs. It was like, wow, there's all these Fs coming at me. I'm supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be. I'm reframing that. I am manifesting that. You so are. I've just shared it. A couple of years ago, if someone said manifestation, I would go, I don't know that how to do that or I don't know what you mean by that. And I feel so connected to manifesting things and However that looks like to a person, but just going, I am going to do this. Mm. You don't always have to set a timeline, but just go, I will do that. Yeah. Whenever I'm meant to, I will do that. So I love that. Yeah. Good for you, love. And putting it out, putting it out there, like you say, is having a vision, having those goals and putting it out there and, yeah. and really connecting with it deeply. That's yeah. the key. And believing it. Yeah. And really tuning into that energy behind yeah. it, like how that would feel if it did manifest mm. and then connecting with it. Yeah. That is so great. What would you say to the Mandy thinking about starting this business venture? Did you actually ever think about it? Like after talking to you, I feel like it's all just happened so intuitively. Was there ever a point where you were sitting on the fence about something? Because I might ask if you ever had any doubt, what would you say to that Mandy? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I'm not I've always, there's always doubt. I'm not someone that just never has that doubt, never has the concerns or worries or limiting beliefs. Of course, there's always that inner critic that's holding you back. But if I was to advise myself, yeah, it would be do it, learn, fumble, grow. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely surround yourself with a community, people that will lift you up, and that you can have deep and meaningful relationships with. Yeah. It's true. Go with your gut and just buddy do it. And how do you go with your gut? Because a lot of people say, oh, that's great saying that. How do you go with your gut? Slow down and listen. Yeah. Regulate to be able to tap into that awareness. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, we're always seeking, particularly in the early stages, we're seeking guidance from family or friends or people who aren't really invested or interested in that world. Brené Brown talks about this a lot, is if you're going to be courageous and be in the arena, make sure you're in the arena with the same people that are going mm. through that because it's very difficult to get that support and inspiration and yeah. know, encouragement when it's just going to not land with the right people. Okay, last one is a book recommendation. 
I would say some of the most powerful ones that I've read recently would be Atomic Habits by James Clear. Can I say, (laughs) sorry to interrupt you, I loved that book and that book is the reason I started this podcast. Wow. Yeah. If that's not a sign. Yeah. That book did change my mindset massively. Yeah. Love that. And it's it's related to what we're saying with well-being with business is you can create these really small habits, you know, daily. They don't have to be these big habits. Everyone, I'm never going to be able to get to the gym. I can't meditate. I can't do that. Yeah. I'm too busy. I've got this. If it's small increments and small habits, gradually it will build to regularity in your life. The other one would be the fire starter sessions with Daniela Laporte. Mm, I haven't heard of that one. Really great for entrepreneurs. She is all about connecting to your sole purpose in your business. Mm. So I love that. It's yeah. a really great book. She's an amazing writer. She's really down to earth and articulate the way she writes. Beautiful. The other one I was going to say, which is if anyone is interested in mindfulness and what I've been speaking about is, I don't know if you remember the comedian Ruby Wax with the bright red hair, the American lady. Probably. If I looked at I probably would know the face. Yeah. She was big in the 90s. Yeah, okay. And she has become an expert in mindfulness now. Cool. She's got a really funny way of breaking down mindfulness and the power of meditation. Yeah, cool. Check her out. Brené Brown's one of my favourite authors, speakers. Dare to Lead is one of my favourite books. Always go back to that. And a really fun but uplifting book would be The Surrender Experiment. Have you read that? No. Check that out by Michael E. Singer. Okay, cool. I love that. A little package. Got a few things for people to work through. Any more, love? Yeah, I'm sure you do. No, thank you. Tell me, what are the sorts of things that you offer within your business and where can people find you? Yeah, so Reach membership. I named it Reach because they have that ability to reach out to other small businesses, reach out to me, and they increase their reach through their marketing, which is naturally part of what I do. And that's a membership which is mainly for Central Coast businesses. And then also I am a private mentor to lots of small businesses that are looking for that more intensive hand-holding where I really deep dive into their business. I strategize with them. I essentially join their team and just look for all of the key opportunities to help them really thrive quickly. That's private mentoring. So there's really two ways of working with me, reach membership and private mentoring. When you're a private mentor client, you also become part of reach because for me, it's all about small businesses working together in a community. And you can find me on my social platforms, Mandy Millen. Beautiful. Mandy underscore J Millen on Instagram. And you've got a website as well. Yes. MandyMillen.com. Beautiful. And if someone wasn't based on the Central Coast, you offer virtual support as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have got lots of clients in Sydney that I work one-on-one with, um, but I am really immersing myself at the moment into the Central Coast. I'm running a lots of connected events as well so people can be together. I think it's important for people to really get together and connect one-on-one. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for my tea. You're and welcome. for the chat, you know, this has been really nice. I've had a lot of women and business owners and people thinking about going into business reach out to me. So I think this time's really perfectly. You've just got some pearls of wisdom and advice. 
And I love the emphasis on the mindfulness and the wellness space and the self-care space because owning a business doesn't mean that you need to be operating 24 hours a day and lose the balance between that and enjoying your life. So, 100%. Yeah, you can be successful without burning out. Yeah. No, this has been great. So thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you so much, Laura. Thanks for listening to another episode of Yeah The Gals. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe or follow us on Instagram at Yeah The Gals Podcast. And remember, gals, you bloody got this.